You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. You are listening to episode number 127 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast, and in this episode, you're going to learn about the island of Sark, which was the last feudal settlement in all of Europe. Specifically, you're going to learn about a man who's actually a nuclear physicist who decided to invade the island by himself. As well as this rather bizarre invasion, you're going to learn a whole lot else about the island, including a lot in the bonus facts section. So let's just get right into the show. André Gard was an unemployed nuclear physicist from France. Mr. Gard believed himself the rightful heir and seigneur of the small formerly feudal state of Sark, which is a 3-mile long, or 4.8-kilometer, and 1-mile wide, or 1.6-kilometer, island sitting just off the French coast. In August of 1990, Gard decided to stage an invasion to forcefully set himself up as the ruler of Sark's 610 inhabitants. Apparently unable to get anyone to follow him, he decided only a one-man force was necessary. Gard, being a civilized man, arrived the night before the invasion and posted notices of his impending takeover the following day at noon. As the actual seigneur of the island, John Michael Beaumont stated, He was such an odd chap. He turned up one night and started putting up signs saying he was going to take over the island the next day at noon. They read very like German wartime notices. The island had previously been taken over by the Germans in World War II, who also announced their intentions to take over the island via notices before arriving with soldiers the next day. Most people thought it was a joke, but he was serious. The local volunteer constable, the only law enforcement on the island, being informed of the invasion thanks to the notices, decided to take the threat seriously. On the morning of the invasion, Constable Perret began to plan the island's defense, which was a two-stage scheme. First, he went looking for Mr. Gard, found him sitting on a park bench in army fatigues preparing for the massacre that was about to befall this island. As the constable approached the invading army, aka guards, he saw guards loading his automatic weapon. The first showing-up stage now complete, Mr. Perret executed the second stage of his plan. He complimented Mr. Gard on his choice of gun and convinced Gard to remove the magazine and let him see the instrument of the island's assured defeat so the constable could better admire it. When Gard acquiesced, the constable took the gun and punched him in the nose. The invasion was over. The gun used in the attempted coup now sits in the Sark Museum next to models of old ships and a dedicated exhibit to one of the island's two original telephone calls. Sark itself is a crown dependency. Crown dependencies are possessions of the British Crown or the Monarch of England. They govern themselves independently from any nation with approval from the Privy Council, the council that advises the Crown. At the time Mr. Gard attempted to invade the state, it was the last feudal nation left in Europe. The right to rule and govern the state rested in the hands of a seigneur, and, as long as he had permission from the Privy Council, he was empowered to make laws as he saw fit. In the 16th century, Sark was granted in fief by Queen Elizabeth I to Hélier de Carteret, giving him the right to govern all those on the island so long as he kept at least 40 armed men to keep the island free of pirates, as Sark Island at the time was a haven for pirates. Hélier did this, bringing in 40 families to establish a community on the island. From there, the seigneurship was passed down his family until 1844. In 1844, the island was mortgaged to John Allaire so the seigneur could continue to fund his silver mine. When the mine failed, the seigneurship was sold to Marie Collins for £6,000. Again, the title was passed down through inheritance through today. 
The privileges of the title included some amazing benefits. For instance, a senor is the only person allowed to keep pigeons on the island, or possess an unspayed dog. If that doesn't do it for you, the senor is also the only one who has the right to keep the flotsam and jetsam that washes up on the island. Just because his or her excellency gets all the privileges doesn't mean that they aren't held accountable by the people. The late Dame Sybil Hathaway once tried to get battery-powered buggies permitted on the island as she was getting older and having trouble getting around. This caused a major uprising, and there was almost a revolution over the matter. The feeling was that this might one day lead to cars being permitted on the island. If you're wondering, while the island doesn't have cars, it does have an ambulance that gets towed by a tractor. They also have a taxi, which is just a trailer that is pulled by the same tractor that pulls the ambulance. While these tenants may seem to have restricted rights to those of us accustomed to a more democratic form of governance, I'll keep my own flotsam, thank you very much, they do have it pretty nice on the island. For instance, they have virtually no taxes. The only taxes on the island are, when a property is sold, there is a 7.7% tax on the sale, a tax on alcohol, and a tax on tobacco. Finally, anyone owning a bicycle, tractor, or horse must pay a small annual fee. The revenue generated from this primarily goes to helping the elderly in Sark, need-based, with the exception of the property sales tax, which goes to the senor. The island is also nearly crime-free, with the exception of the occasional crime committed by a tourist, who are then promptly kicked off the island. If one is wronged, even by the senor, the islanders do have a simple means of handling that. All a victim needs to do is enact clamour de harrow. In front of witnesses, the victim raises their voice and recites the Lord's Prayer. They must then cry out, Haro, haro, haro! To my aid, my prince, I am being wronged. The offender is then required, by law, to stop their offence until the matter can be decided in court, which typically happens within the next 24 hours. The island's inhabitants must all get along very well and enjoy the system, as the last clamour was recorded in June of 1970. It was used to prevent the construction of a garden wall. Alas, this empire of worlds lost could not last forever. In 2007, at the urging mostly of outsiders buying land in Sark and being unhappy with the feudal system, particularly the billionaire Barclay brothers, Sir David Barclay and Sir Frederick Barclay, who bought a nearby island, Breku, which is technically part of the Sark nation, the Privy Council approved a motion to usher in universal suffrage for its 610 residents. This motion changes Sark's governing body of 40 landowners, or tenants, to a more democratic system, using a 28-member chief please body of elected officials to govern. This 2007 enactment also revoked the rule of the senor, though he still does serve many of the functions he did before, except now anyone can own pigeons. And now for today's bonus facts. The switch from a feudal system to a democracy was actually encouraged by the current senor long before the Barclay brothers came along. However, the islanders were resistant, primarily because the system they had in place had worked marvelously for over 400 years, with nearly no complaints from any of the citizens, virtually no crime, and almost no taxation. Further, there was a concern that a democratic system would ultimately lead to officials voted in wanting to be paid for their services, rather than doing it on a volunteer basis, as before. Thus, there would be need to enact taxes to support such endeavors. Bonus fact 2. Because of Sark's lack of almost any taxes, many businesses used to set up their official business address in Sark, even though they didn't reside there. They did this by paying citizens of Sark for the right to use their address. According to a report in the 1990s, around 40% of Sark's local population had leased their address for this purpose. Bonus fact 3. 
The Barclay brothers were particularly upset when they purchased their islands next to Sark because of the treizième tax, the 7.7 tax on the sale of land that goes to the seigneur. When the billionaire Barclay brothers bought their island, this resulted in them having to pay an extra £179,230 to His Excellency. The Barclay brothers also began buying up the hotels and other land on the main island itself at this time. While the locals were almost universally happy with the 400-year-old seigneur system, the Barclay brothers actively campaigned in the media, on the island, and recruited outsiders to help have the nation change to a democratic one. Even with the campaigning, the final vote was a close one, with only 56% of the people voting to abolish the old feudal system. The chief please was apparently unimpressed or unenthusiastic about becoming a democracy. Instead of fanfare or any sort of celebration worthy of a revolution, it simply moved on to the next order of business. Next thing on the agenda for that meeting, should electric bicycles be allowed on the island? And the answer was yes. They approved the use of electric bicycles. Bonus fact 4. In January of 2011, Sark was designated a Dark Sky Community. The title declares that the island is sufficiently clear of light pollution to allow for naked eye astronomy. This made Sark the first Dark Sky Island with a permanent population in the world. In order to achieve this, Sark residents made various adjustments to cut light pollution in the town to almost zero. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily Podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.